When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. Hope your December's going well. Holiday plans. Got all those presents purchased yet? Get on it. You don't have much time. 18 days till that day. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. Oh, we have a basketball game we've got to talk about from last night. How'd that one get away from Texas? We got a lot of NFL notes to get into, including why the Cowboys might be leaning away from Odell Beckham Jr. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by Isaiah Collier. I know he was watching that game last night. What's up, Zay? Yeah, unfortunately, had to check the game out for work. That's what it felt like, but it's all good. It's all good. It's a great job. Love my job. Can't complain one bit. How you doing, Chad? (laughs) I am good. It's funny you say it that way because through the years, there have been occasions where I would say to whoever I'm working with that's a Longhorn you know, fan, whether it was, you know, Trey Elling, Kevin Dunn, whoever it is, if, if I would say to them, you know, sometimes watching that basketball team is work. Sometimes it's not, but sometimes it feels like work. Uh, part of that game last night did not feel like work, and part of it did kind of feel like work. We will, uh, we will get into that. Uh, also, the, like I said, there are some uh, notes around the NFL. Man, there's just storyline after storyline I don't know if anyone could pretend to know who the absolute favorite is, maybe other than the Eagles. I don't think they have an injury that's kind of blinking at you right now, but there's so many pieces being moved around here. Jimmy Garoppolo might be back for the playoffs, but when? And then the the announcement today out of Buffalo is massive. The Bills have been hoping beyond hope that Von Miller could play at some point. Zay, it's a torn ACL from the Thanksgiving game, and he's out. It's over. He went even went on a podcast last week saying he thought it was meniscus, lateral meniscus. Like he was, yeah, you could play through that. He was trying to talk, yeah, almost trying to talk himself through it. McDermott says today, no, ACL. Wow. So that's going on in the NFL. There's a fascinating few weeks coming there. Cowboys fans, I just don't know. I don't know. Like if you told me right now, hey, do they feel like? a championship team, a Super Bowl-quality team. My gut says no, but with everything else going on, I don't know who's a sure thing. Other than the Eagles, I would still trust Kansas City, and then as long as Josh Allen and can walk, to me, those three teams feel more like championship teams than Dallas, but the Cowboys are right in that discussion. Well, yeah, you have to say they're in the discussion, and I get where you're feeling. You might have a little PTSD over the last 20-something oh, years, two-something decades. I mean, with everything that's happened with the Cowboys, all the bad luck, the desk catch it, stuff like that has you feeling the way you it do. It does accumulate. I, it I, does. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I respect that, and I completely understand that, but... The Cowboys are, I think, a top four team in this league, and especially with Jimmy 
KG going out, and yeah, they said they could come back during playoffs, but that's an interesting time to come back and try to knock the rust off, especially for a guy that, I mean, I know he's in San Francisco, but he's damn sure no Joe Montana, so he's not one of those guys that come off of IR, then you expect him to play high-quality football. I think not. So Tampa Bay's not there. They still got Tom Brady, so of course that scares you also, but yeah, with uh, I, I think we should get more respect to Minnesota. I, I think we disrespect Minnesota a little bit too much. Their only two losses came to the other three best teams in the league, the Eagles, and Eagles they and got the Cow- and the Cowboys, blown out right. by the Cowboys. I right. think how they got blown out by the Cowboys made everybody just write them off, but it's the National Football League. Yeah. It's a win is a win, a loss is a loss, no matter how many points it is. So Minnesota Vikings, there's still something to deal with, even though Kirk Cousins is taking the snaps. you got to throw the Cowboys in there, too. I'm with you on the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Bengals are a very scary team. They're creeping yeah, they up are in now. there. You're right. With Lamar Jackson now. Getting, right. uh, being hurt for the next few weeks. I yeah. think they're going to sneak up in that AFC North and take over there and get back to where they were last year, and that's fighting for another Super Bowl title. So, Or, I mean, to fight for a Super Bowl title. So, yeah, NFL, you, it's, it's brutal. It <laughs> it's is. brutal. There's a lot of really good teams, and I think the Cowboys are one of them. And I absolutely am growing to love these two extra playoff teams because when you boil it down to just one team on each side that gets the bye, it's so everything just cranks up in importance when only one team gets to sit. So right now it would be Buffalo and Philly, but it is tight. Uh, there's a tie at the top of the AFC. Kansas City's right there with them. And then the Eagles are only a game up on Minnesota right now. So there's a ton of NFL stuff yeah, uh, to get to this week. And I'm not all for the bye week. I think you could lose some juice and lose some rhythm that you had by having the bye week, especially at this time in the year. I felt like that's just another week to add on pressure. So you got to be a really strong, mentally tough team to be a number one seed, get through that bye week, and then have a really good team coming in that just got a really good W in another playoff atmosphere the previous week. So right. that, that buy, you know, it could be a pro or con depending on the team you are. If you're the Cowboys, I think they are the perfect team to keep on rolling and to play a team like the Buccaneers or if the Buccaneers completely blow it, the Atlanta Falcons, and then roll into the next week with whoever they played still on that momentum. Yeah, I would uh, – I'm going to take my chances with a bye week. Uh, you want I, a bye week? I would love a bye week. Uh, in the, I've watched enough NFL to know – to me, the bye week normally helps versus hurts. Normally. There weren't – Normally when teams come out of that bye week, they, uh, th- that rest has done them well. Was the Rams – did they have a bye last year? Uh, that I'd have to go. I can't remember who. No, no, no. The no, Bengals no. didn't. Uh, no, they were not the one. Yeah, the Bengals weren't either. I think you're right. Yeah, right. The one seed didn't win it last it, year. It just depends. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to get to in the NFL, man. We'll do that. But obviously, we'd also need to talk about a game that got away from the Texas Longhorn basketball team. It's their first loss of the year. Let's go spec set piece and talk about what Illinois pulled off last night. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. The biggest saves of the match started Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Specs, the fun starts here. By the way, speaking of your little Austin FC reference there, speaking of soccer, we got a World Cup report coming for you a little later this hour with Glenn Davis. And uh, it's been going on throughout the World Cup. He'll recap what happened yesterday and set up those quarterfinals. They are ready to go for Friday. Um, last night, 
Texas and Illinois, definitely a tale of two games, Zay. It looked like we were going to be able to come in here and talk about another hard-fought Texas victory. I felt like they were answering all the questions. It was a 10-point lead with about five minutes to go, six minutes to go, something like that. And then uh, yeah, right I would around. say it was 10-point lead with about eight minutes to go. Maybe eight, it was an okay. eight-point eight lead with about – Six something to go, and that's where everything went. Yeah, down. up five with a right about it, right, a little under a minute to go, and just uh, you know, Illinois made plays. They uh, they got Shannon woken up just in time. It almost felt like that Texas football game where it was y'all gonna start handing it to Bijan at some point, and they did it in time to make that comeback and and put Baylor away last night. I also thought we'd get to come in here and talk about wow, did they really shut down Shannon to that degree? I know you, we talked about yesterday he was averaging 20 a game. He found his way to 16 last night after Texas pretty much shut him down. It looked like it was going to be the whole game. Yeah, I think Texas blew that one, Chad. I mean, they had complete control over the game in the second half and everything was clicking. And then all of a sudden, they just made a lot of bonehead plays, especially in that last minute. After Marcus Carr hit that really nice move on playing off two feet, which I know Chris Beard loves, but he had that reverse pivot fadeaway jumper to put the score 67 to 62 you come back down on the other end Serge Abari Rice overly helps which they were doing a great job helping the whole entire game had five charges on Illinois and that comes from great help defense but when Connie Hawkins has the ball and he is being guarded he takes two dribbles in the lane if you give up a two that's not that bad at that point of the game because now you got to go back down the uh, down the other end. You're gonna get fouled. You could be put up two points depending on who gets fouled. Mm-hmm. But instead, Serge Barry Rice leaves Jaden Epps, who I think was the player of the game for that Illinois team. I know what Terrence Shannon did in overtime with that 16 points. I know what Matthew Meyer did oh. the whole game by just dominating. We'll definitely get to that. Man. But Jaden Epps, the freshman off the bench, he gave the final line night 31 minutes. And even though he was just two for seven from the field, he had 11 points and he was putting so much pressure on the horns defensively with just dribble penetration, getting guys open looks, getting to the foul line. And then, Serge Barry Rice guarding him, looking at Connie Hawkins. Connie Hawkins throws a not the best pass over Serge Barry Rice's head. With Serge Barry Rice, you can't get Coleman gamble. Hawkins. Coleman Hawks, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm calling Connie Hawkins old school, right? I'm going OG AVA days, boy. I'm thinking another. Yeah, Coleman Hawkins, excuse yeah, yeah. me. Sorry. He overly helps on him and wide open Jaden Epps. Bucket. Oh, that was a great sequence oh, for them. Yeah. Then Jeez. Tyrese Hunter gets fouled. We know what happens there, which you got to make that yes. But if you're dealing with cramps at that moment, I'll ask anybody listening right now, you go try with cramps and shoot a free throw. I don't give a damn if you're 90% or not. And, yes, he does have to make it, absolutely. Yeah. And, yes, be old heads are probably like, boy, Zay, you tripping right now, man. I ain't trying to hear that. That's weak. He's got to make the free throw. Of course he has to make the free throw. But, again, you go try with cramps. Go shoot free throws, especially in your knees. You have to bend down when you shoot free throws. I mean, some guys don't, but Tyrese Hunter, he does on his. I think that had a little bit something to do with that short miss free throw on the first end of the one and one, which was brutal. They come back down the other end. Serge Barry Rice does something that I don't think I would ever think of him doing. He fouls Jaden Epps 
like 40 feet away from the goal that when you're in rough. the bonus. Why are we that far? Chris Beard, I would have been ballistic, but that's kind yeah. of on him too. Like back up. We don't yeah. need any we don't need any dumb fouls right now. And it felt like he wasn't even reaching there. It felt like he just slipped, right? He kind of lost his feet yeah, and fell into him, but you're right, it's because he was the Terrence, space was too close. He was guarding Terrence Shannon and Terrence Shannon was trying to get the ball from Jaden Epps. Yeah. And Jaden Epps did a good job of kind of blocking out Serge Barry Rice to give that yeah. handoff to Terrence Shannon. And for one, I don't know why we're denying Ter- Terrence Shannon the ball at that point. I want him to shoot right. at that point. That's not overtime. Especially that far away, like you said. overtime at that point. Let him shoot it. He's not in that rhythm, which he got in the rhythm in overtime for that very easy middle across the lane jumper. And, but yeah. that, and you're out at, like you said, you're out at tw- you're 28, why, 30 feet. Why are you out there, Serge Abari Rice? <laughs> yeah. Why are we out there? That's so dumb. And yeah. I know that's probably killing him. He's such a smart basketball player. He's such a good leader. And I know... This whole team will get better from things like that. But, man, I've watched this game for a long, long time, Chad. I played the game. That's one of the dumbest fouls at that. You just got to understand the situation. They're in the bonus. They just hit a big-time three. The momentum's going their way. I can't give them nothing. I can't give them anything stupid. You got to know your personnel. Terrence Shannon is struggling at that point. We're not denying them the ball like he's J.J. Redick. We're not going to do that. He ain't Reggie Miller. He's not that type of guy. Let him catch the ball, get down in your defensive stance, and play good D. And if he hits a big shot, he hits a big shot. But we're not going to give him an opportunity for something stupid. Jaden Epps gets fouled. Tough for the freshman. He goes to the free throw line, knocks down both free throws. And I think just that whole sequence from the Jaden Epps three to the Tyrese Hunter miss free throw to the Serge Abari Rice foul all led to the deflation of the team, which 17 points to their 10 in overtime. That's all she wrote. Yeah, that sequence was really bad. Uh, bad for Texas. Somebody's already texted in today. Remember, the Specs text line is 337-3776. Somebody texted us just simply, free throws, you got to hit them. Longhorns have hit big free throws in those two big wins this year. They hit them against Gonzaga. They hit everything against Gonzaga. They hit them against Creighton. They did not hit the big free throws last night when they needed to. And by the end of the game, let's see, Illinois had, and they weren't terrific, Terrific. But as Chris Beard pointed out, they got 31 free throw attempts to Texas's 19. Yeah. So it didn't, you know, they, they weren't able to get as many. Texas goes 68% from the floor, but those big misses in big spots was key. Yeah. And, uh, and somebody also texted us today this is the third or fourth game Hunter has come out because of cramps. Any concern that this hurts it, us throughout the season in tight games? Yeah, big time concern. I talked to Craig Way in between our shows, and he said this is just a problem that he's dealt with. And and to we, be clear, this one was cramps and not that yeah, contusion not he the dealt thigh with. Contusion. Yeah, I texted he, Craig this morning to right. make sure that was clear. This was actually cramps this time, and he's had issues with cramps. Like Apollo Bancaro, we saw last year, he loses like seven pounds a game. They have to give him different types of fluids that the team doesn't even drink because he just needs that. And Tyrese Hunter, they, they're trying. I, I hear they're trying to, you know, make sure he's hydrated and whatnot, but I guess just the way he plays and, you know, he just loses a lot of fluids where it has become a problem. When you start losing games because of it, because you're not out on the floor, mm-hmm. or maybe it's an issue because you're you're missing free throws. Again, I know he has to make the free throw, but you go try. Y'all stop eating bananas, stop drinking water, then go shoot <laughs> some free throws out there and see how it feels. It don't feel too good. It's not going to feel the same where you're completely hydrated. I'm, I'm just saying, but yeah. I, I it was he was doing like high knees 
at like the 18 point mark and I was like uh oh uh-huh. like like you know like trying to just like get loose type trying of to thing keep, keep it loose yeah, right he, yeah he was doing that and like with 18 minutes to go because uh, I rewatched the game this morning <laughs> he was doing that in the second half and I was like oh there it is uh-huh. so you know I understand him wanting to be out there but the guards they weren't the at their best last night Marcus Carr three for 14 all his buckets were loud because yeah. he was talking after every bucket he had one floater and he did the hush sign and the crowd don't like that very much yeah, Marcus there, Carr. there were a lot of histrionics coming out of him last yeah, night then very he did intense the, then after that nice move he did to put him up five with one minute to go the reverse pivot fadeaway he did the Dame Lillard uh, 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 what you know what time, what time it is, Cap? And I'm like, all right, Marcus, you're three for nine right now, and it's not done. It's not done. <laughs> not Let's done. relax. Let's that, not get that put over- you up. Five. Let's not get too cocky. This team, they yeah. like to yell. They like to get the crowd up. You, you see Timmy Allen clapping in folks' face. You see Serge Jabari Rice yelling, yeah, all the time and this and that. I, I like that. you got to have confidence when you hoop, I, d- definitely. But – be careful. Yeah. Be be careful who you barking at because those were some dogs over there on the fighting the line nine. They showed their ass last night. Like Matthew Meyer, he takes oh Texas personal. Oh my god, he takes Texas personal. You think he remembers that burn orange color on the other side? Yeah, growing my- up in the ATX, he understands oh. what it is. He understands that Shaka Smart didn't recruit him probably like he should have. Eight of ten from the floor, hit all five of his threes. They were all huge, and it just, yeah, he could not miss. Great ball movement to get him those shots. They got him good threes, and he nailed them all. Chad, I'm not going to lie. I'm not even going to agree with that. He got himself good threes because they were all ISO. Mm. He was all just taking. He would look like Luka out there. Just step back jumpers between the legs, crossovers behind the back to the step back. He hit about three or four of those. No offense was ran. And not only does he take the University of Texas game personally – he takes the Brock Cunningham matchup personally because they used to be teammates at Westlake. Ah, so now yeah. Brock is playing for the hometown faithful. He's getting all the love. Everybody loves Brock. Fran Fraschilla's acting like it's his son all the time every time he's doing the game for <laughs> Texas and stuff. Matthew Meyer, he don't get that love, and Matthew Meyer got rings. He won a national championship with that Baylor squad before yeah. he transferred up to uh, Illinois. So I, I, he takes that matchup personally. He went at Brock Cunningham multiple times yesterday. And I thought Brad Underwood, even though Chris Beard coached a good game, I thought Brad Underwood coached a great game. And that wasn't necessarily X's and O's stuff, but that was just rotations and putting in the right guys at the right time like Harris Harris had some huge plays out there number one for Illinois with the headband real long athletic wing looking guy he had such a nasty block on Tyrese Hunter mm, that yep. pushed them out to a break it got RJ Melendez an alley-oop layup and that kind of started their momentum and he really played good defense on Marcus Carr and Serge Abari Rice where you know Chris Beard, I thought, should have played Arterio Morris more, who I think had his best game since the Arkansas exhibition. Like, Arterio Morris, he hit a big-time three. He was getting to the cup. He was getting to the foul line. Yes, he had a couple bad turnovers, especially in overtime, which I think he tried to force the issue. And I think there was a certain lineup that Chris Beard just left in a little bit too long. Brock Cunningham, Timmy Allen, Jabari Rice, Tyrese Hunter, and Marcus Carr, they were in there for about five minutes until overtime. 
Dylan Mitchell, who had a pretty solid game, had a nice, nasty alley-oop. I think that he was, was nice. I yeah. think he played Matthew Meyer the best on defense. We didn't see him for the rest of the game. Christian Bishop, kind of same with him. We didn't mm. see him much towards the end of the game, too. So did those guys get fatigued? I I don't know. Brock Cunningham started in overtime. He was not the same in overtime that he was in the end of the second half. He had a bit. He hit a three, but he had a big turnover. He stepped on the line and stuff like that. So you know, it, it was it was a good game to learn from. You lost to a really good basketball team, but you beat yourselves at the end of the day. Texas loses 85-78 in overtime. If you have thoughts on it, let us know. Uh, Zay mentioned Harris coming off the bench, and he came up with two big blocks for Illinois, 12 for the game. Yeah. 12 blocks. That ended up being a huge part of that story because it is such a dejecting thing uh, on you know for, for offense. It can create stuff going the other way. That's one of the ways Illinois kept themselves in a game. Because to me, for three-fourths of that game, Zay, I kept thinking – Texas ought to be up 15. Texas I should be up the 12. Same way. They should be up 16. And they and, and Illinois just kept it right there, and the blocks were a big part of it. They went on a 16-2 and two run at one point, and they were just up eight. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't this a 16-2 <laughs> run? What the hell is going on? You're doing I'm like, the, the math. math. Yeah, like, I'm like, wait, something yeah, right. isn't right here, ESPN. I don't know what's going on. Maybe yeah. y'all have a malfunction. But something's not adding up. And, yeah, you know, Jaden Epps came off the bench. Skywalker started. Skywalker didn't have the best game, had 21 minutes. Jaden Epps, who came off the bench, who I think won them the game with his aggression and just his his sturdy play, he hit those big free throws and that big three when they were down by five in the last minute. Him playing 31 minutes, that's what I mean on the just pressing the buttons for Brad Underwood where Damn. just the coaching rotations, he was, he was playing chess out there, and I think Chris Beard kind of got lost in that a little yeah. bit. Not like Chris Beard coached a bad game. I'm not saying that at all. They had a really nice out-of-bounds play where they got uh, Christian Bishop wide open. I like the little reset thing they did where everybody high-fived yeah, each was, other. Holly was Rowe good. was talking about. I like, like that. But I, I thought Arterio Morris deserved way more than 16 minutes, and I thought Marcus Carr deserved a little less with his 3-for-14 than 36 minutes. And, you know, when you have that talented of a roster, those things are going to happen sometimes. We will continue to look at this game. A lot of just weird things about that game, and it got away from Texas. Uh, lose it in overtime, 85-78. We'll continue to take your text on that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of reaction coming in from Texas fans. Up next, we will get you a World Cup report with Glenn Davis, brought to you by Daspit Law Austin. We're down to the quarterfinals, and yesterday we told you about that Morocco team. Glenn's got thoughts on that, the historic uh, trip into the quarterfinals for Morocco and then we'll talk some NFL Cowboys now concerned a little bit about what they're learning about OBJ and it's got nothing to do with an airplane flying from Miami to LA we'll get you the particulars coming up glad you're with us on a Wednesday this is the horn hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price Priceline Oh, 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 oh,
baby, just you shut your mouth. David Bowie and China Girl. Oh, man, this one takes me back to the early 80s. This is right when David, not when David Bowie was taking off. Obviously, he was already David Bowie. But this is when the David Bowie on MTV thing was really taking off. China Girl, Let's Dance, Modern Love. He was making video after video that they just, they put in heavy rotation. Is this song offensive? Um, I don't hear it much. I don't, of course, we play stuff on here that's offensive. Cause come on, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how this song is viewed today. Um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. looking at snippets of the video. I'm saying you watch. It's not the, good. You watch the video. <laughs> maybe you don't make that video today. I would have to go back and uh, and double check that. But uh, good song. Yeah, I never took offense to it, but I'm sitting here as I mean, I'm the, sure he means well. I'm sitting here as the white male I am. Now, David Bowie, to his credit, did, uh, you know, not only travel the world and tour the world, David Bowie ended up, you know, dating and, for that matter, married to a lot of different types of women. Okay, respect. So there's that, there that song. But remember, he was with, uh, was it Iman that David married? David Bowie married an international model and they were together for a while. I think it was Iman he married. Hmm. That was a good-looking couple. Yeah? That was a pretty good-looking couple. Yeah. Yo, man, what Jerry Seinfeld say on the show? How can you be racist if you like <laughs> if the you race? you like the race. Yeah. You can't be racist. <laughs> right. Uh, so David Bowie getting us started today. A lot of thoughts on the Texas basketball game coming in. We'll get you some more of those. Want to remind you, the all-Flex finalist event at Waterloo Ice House tonight. It's Wednesday night Flex out there at the Waterloo Ice House, 360 and 2222. Thanks to Clayton for having the Flex crew out today. Going to be out there starting at 3, handing out the certificates for the all-Flex finalists. Uh, also, the live broadcast with Snoop and Zach and the Flex crew. They'll be out there doing call-in starting at 5. Then 7 to 9 tonight is the Wednesday night Flex. They're going to try to get some of the guys, some of the finalists on the show with them. They'll be breaking down on the finalist list and talking about all these great players in the area. So that is coming up tonight. We also want to remind you, if you want to help the uh, help some kids in the community out with a toy drive, we are doing that once again with Total Men's Primary Care, one of our favorite partners around here. We're doing the Toys for Tots drive again the next two days, Thursday and Friday. We will be at a different Total Men's. Tomorrow we're going up to Georgetown, and for you folks down south, Friday we're coming down to South Congress. Bring, um, looking for those new unwrapped toys for children, newborn through 12 years old, or you can donate online through hornfm.com at the events page, hornfm.com. I was shopping yesterday, and I went ahead and grabbed some toys uh, that I'm going to take out there tomorrow as well. Also, if you're like me, and maybe this is the time of year you're thinking about a physical, I got my physical set up at Total Men's in Georgetown. So that's how convenient it is. We tell you all the time, totalmens.com. You can set it up. So I'm going to do that before the show. So by the time I go on the show, I may know if I'm you know, physically fit and ready to go. I hope you're better than OBJ. Me too. <laughs> yes. Hopefully my physical goes better than Odell Beckham Jr. And that is the, uh, that's a perfect transition for us. So the, early, the stories a couple days ago, I can't remember if we talked about this on the show or not, was that OBJ had actually told the Cowboys like he'd rather not take a physical or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Suspicious. So that's kind of weird. Now, obviously, the Cowboys eventually, it's like, come on, man, you got to take a physical. He does, and they did not like what they saw in this physical. So what they're thinking, Zay, is, yeah, maybe he could play for you, but not till mid-January? 
So the real effective part of getting OBJ, deep down Jerry knows it's in the 2023 season. Well, Jerry just turned 80. Jerry's not focused on the 2023 season. Jerry is focused on Super Bowl 50. What is this coming up? 57? I think that's right. Bucks 155. Yes. That's what he's focused on. He's not focused on anything besides that. So to me, as a Cowboys fan, I would tell other Cowboys fans, probably need to cool off on the, the OBJ idea at this point. Looks like he's just not ready to go. Yeah, if he's not ready, then he's not ready. And I, I thought it was weird for him to tear his ACL at this past January in 2022. And what, maybe February? When was the Super Bowl? Early February? Yeah. Either way, in the January, early February. I, that's usually not long enough for somebody to come back and be ready at this time of the year to play this type of sport. So I thought that's it was fair. weird for him to come back in general and why everybody was talking about it. But, hey, he's also kind of a freak of a specimen, so I wouldn't put it past him. But, yeah, the results came back and he hasn't progressed enough. So don't don't waste your time. Uh, it's just if you're the Cowboys, everything's good right now, especially on your wide receiver core, Michael Gallup, with the way he played against the Colts, that beautiful uh, goal line fade that he had, and he had that nice other touchdown, two for him. He's getting back to form. So with all the t- good tight ends that you have, C.D. Lamb's finally looking like a one. I don't think this is the Cowboys' problem anymore. And sorry for OBJ. Maybe the Giants will take this type of risk. But if you're the Dallas Cowboys, there's no need to yeah. even play or put attention to this for the rest of the year. I agree. I think they may need to just move on here and, uh, and focus in on the Texans week by week um, and, and just try to get it done. You, you can't afford any you know oops games especially these next two you cannot afford to drop the game to the Texans or the Jaguars they've got to be focused in these next two weeks Cowboys getting ready for Houston noon on Sunday Uh, some other NFL notes we told you Von Miller's got the torn ACL that's huge out the rest of the year that obviously will affect Buffalo right now Buffalo is the number one seed in the AFC they would have the tiebreaker over Kansas City for the head-to-head, but they're both sitting at nine and three, so that is still a race to the end. They've uh, obviously still got five games to go a piece, so keep your eyes on Buffalo there. Uh, Baker Mayfield does find a new home. The Ra- hey, look at Baker with the Rams. Now that obviously isn't going to affect anybody's playoff discussion because the Rams are uh, next. To, wow, they're the they are next to dead last in the NFC. I didn't realize it was that bad. The Bears are three and ten. They're three and nine. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Baker is going to end up with the Rams and might play Thursday. Do you see that? Yes, I did. He might play tomorrow night? Yeah, study on the plane, dog. Against the Raiders? Is that who they're playing? Do I have that? Yes, they're playing the Raiders uh, in L.A. So that one doesn't have as much to do with the playoffs. This one does, though, Zay. This Jimmy G story becomes one of the most interesting in the NF- NFC. He may return for the playoffs. It's not a Liz Frank injury. That's what they feared. It is just a broken foot. But it's a basic broken foot in terms of we don't have to reset any fractures. Nothing is compound or twisted or whatever. We can just let it heal. No surgery. So they're looking at seven or eight weeks, and the Super Bowl is ten weeks away. So the thought would be they don't look like they'll have a bye, so they would have to go straight through. So maybe it's divisional round of the playoffs? That's a tough time to knock the rust off. Yeah, that's, that's tough coming off the injury that he has and playing that 
type of football with that with those type of just I don't know. It's the playoffs. Just getting thrown into the fire in the playoffs. Somebody that's had a broken foot that has to miss eight weeks. And they think Brock Purdy is going to get them there. Yeah, I don't know who's a free agent. Clearly, the trade deadline has come and gone. So, yeah, they're in a brutal situation because QB3, Brock Purdy. Hey, if you ask him, he has the confidence that he could lead this no, team does. and wins the Super Bowl. So, you, you have that going for you, he John looked, Lynch yeah, and he looked good Kyle last week. Shanahan. Yeah, he, Not, look, he looked good last week, and he is a cerebral-type quarterback that I'm sure he can figure out the system. Shanahan loves the guy, loves him. Does he really? He loves Purdy. And it looked, I mean, it looked good last week, combining it with their defense. By the way, we forgot the greatest news for them. They got Josh Johnson. What are we worried about? <laughs> Josh Johnson is a San Francisco 49er. By the way, now the only quarterback to ever play for all 32 teams three different times. Josh Johnson. No, I'm just not doing No, he's up to 14 now. Patrick should be he's up, up there. I think he's up to 14 teams. Okay. 14, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Hey, backup quarterback is a good gig. In the NFL. It is. You can sustain that, which I think that's where Baker Mayfield's going. Once you just start getting cut and then traded midseason stuff, like Baker, it's not looking too good for him. And if he has the pride to say, I'm a backup quarterback now and I'll, you know, thrive in whatever opportunity I'm given, then okay. But I think that those number one pick aspirations, you're a – Starting quarterback ship has sailed. Mm, yeah. Like in the middle of the ocean sail. We don't know where it is type stuff. Yeah. I think you're right. That might be uh might be gone at this point. By the way, Josh Johnson, old school, it's one of my favorites. You know where Josh Johnson played college? No idea. You talk about coming from nowhere. San Diego. Damn, not even San Diego State? USD, if I'm not mistaken. They have a football team? If I'm not mistaken, he was there when Jim Harbaugh was there. That little brief time where he was at San Diego, and then again, I'll double check this. I think it's John Gruden that drafted him with the Bucks. Since I'm a Bucks fan, I kind of remember that. I think that's right. So because of Harbaugh and Gruden, he kind of got the in the door, and then he has just been surviving ever since. He's been clipboard dude ever since. 14, 15 teams. I'm now. telling you, if you can embrace it. It's a beautiful gig. Oh, my God. It's fantastic. You'll be able to – you have all that money at the end of it. Hopefully you take care of that part of it, and you'll be able to tell me about it because you will yeah, have not taken – Yeah, you ain't got no CTE <laughs> issues. You know, you ain't got to worry about stealing welfare stuff because of your CTE issues, and, yeah, it'll mm. be good. It's the Chase Daniel plan. <laughs> He's a legend. Yeah. It's the Colt McCoy plan in Colt a way. McCoy, Charlie Batch. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Leftwich? Left, Leftwich. Leftwich. We now worked it around into a – Josh McCown. OC gig Josh McCown. <laughs> all the McCowns. Just keep naming McCowns. Josh, Luke, all of them. Everyone. All right. Uh, there's some NFL for you. Looks like the Cowboys may not be lining up for OBJ. That physical is uh, is an important part of it. All right. Uh, coming up at 1, we'll dig, uh, dig back into the Longhorn conversation. They lose to Illinois in overtime last night. Justin Wells of Inside Tech. And on 3.com to talk about that. Also, we'll ask him his thoughts on the Heisman Trophy. Uh, and he's a Cowboys fan, so we'll get his thoughts on OBJ and some other stuff. Up next in the crap bag, I'll try to get you ready for what's coming to Cedar Park tonight. It is AEW. This is the horn. Photographer smile, take a break for a while. 
Rolling through a Wednesday, trying to figure out what happened to the Longhorns last night against Illinois. As far as this song goes, is that Van Morrison? That's right. Yeah, one of the another one of those guys. I've never heard anybody that I thought, well, that sounds like Van Morrison, and it's not. I don't know if anybody gets close to him. That he, voice is so distinct. Yeah, he looks like he's on acid on this. How dare you? There was album cover. If you're gonna insinuate that there might have been acid being dropped <laughs> during that time period, I will say, how dare you, sir? Yeah, go look at the Van Morrison, his band and the Street Choir album. Hey, he looks like he's on acid. Kind of like yesterday, it makes you kind of feel like you're on acid just <laughs> looking at it. I said earlier that I'm gonna be having, I'm gonna be getting get the physical done at Total Men's tomorrow, and for eight hours I've got to fast. I can only have coffee and water. That's all they had back then. Van Morrison, they when they were writing songs, black coffee and water. That's all they did. Yikes! No, it was a lot more than that. It was, oh, still, it was a ton more than that. There was a lot in the coffee though. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> in that coffee. Van Morrison and David Bowie getting us started today. We hope you are having a good Wednesday. Got that uh, World Cup report to you from Glenn. We appreciate that. Justin Wells coming up from Inside Texas at 1. At 2, it's our uh, visit with Chip Brown. We do that every week uh, throughout football season on Wednesdays. Also, remember, I don't know if you know, Chip Brown is a Heisman voter. Now, I know we're not going to be able to get his vote out of him. They don't want him to give that up early, but we will get a sense of uh, kind of maybe how he went into the the thinking process for the Heisman, when is the vote due, and all that kind of stuff. It is a weird year for the Heisman. We'll get Chip's thoughts on that since he's had a vote for uh, for a while now. We'll kind of get him to compare it to maybe some other years. That's all coming up. Right now, though, let's get into the crab bag. I'll tell you what I'm going to do tonight. Chad's crab bag. Crab bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just... Think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. Because of the job I have and who I am in general, I am a 47-year-old man that can show up at work wearing a Randy Macho Man Savage t-shirt, and not that many people blink. Honestly, one person noticed today, and it was because they are kind of new. Everybody else is like, hey, Chad, what's up? (laughs) Which I kind of like. I am going to a wrestling show tonight. AEW is in town. Shout out to our guy Mark Henry, uh, the world's strongest man, who, if you don't know, is now part of AEW. He's a part of that Friday Night Rampage show, doing commentary and everything. I think... Mark has been able to keep himself out of the ring uh, for, for the most part at AEW. But uh, I like AEW because it is a great mix of folks you know and folks you're getting introduced to. So you're going to see and hear from Mark Henry. Um, Zay, you've said you're a Jericho guy. Chris, Jer- Chris Jericho is one of the big dogs at AEW. Still getting it done. I think he's into his 50s now, but can still produce a great match and has always been. He'll be able to do a cut a promo until he's 95 years old. Oh, he's one of the best. One of the absolute best at that. So those are guys. Early on when I watched AEW, I saw Arn Anderson with with somebody. I saw Jake the Snake Roberts as like an older mentor type of uh, of figure. But I've also been introduced to, you know, performers like MJF and uh, what's the kid's name? Darby Allin. I think I'm reading tonight is Darby Allin against Samoa Joe for a belt. That should be an interesting match. If you know Samoa Joe, he's a part of AEW. Uh, today is John Moxley's birthday. He's 37 years old. You might know him as Dean Ambrose. 
from the WWE days, that dude's in AEW too. They have so much talent. Uh, and they've even got you got Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone doing the announcing. Oh, that's huge. If you have not tuned into Wednesday Night Dynamite, it is quite a show. But tonight they're at the HEB Center in Cedar Park. I saw tickets last night for as low as like 32 bucks. And if you know that place, you know every seat's a good seat. So get your tickets if you haven't got them yet. AEW Dynamite, and they'll film some stuff for Rampage tonight at HEB Center. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, My man Rick Sacamano and I are going to go check that out. We will be full-grown adult men at a wrestling show. That's happening tonight. Ain't nothing wrong with that. No, it's not. Are you keeping the same fit? I'm guessing you are, though. Macho Man Randy Savage We're going to keep the Macho Man shirt on. I don't have a ton of wrestling shirts. It was this... Uh, the Dusty Road shirt's a little old. I just yeah. I use that as like a yard work shirt now. It's a little old. Uh, and then I couldn't find the JYD shirt. It was either Macho or JYD, and I couldn't find my Junkyard Dog shirt. So we're going with Macho. Yeah, that's right up the street from me. I might have to check that out too. Yeah, it, I've never been to their live show. The last live wrestling show I went to was WrestleMania when our man Suplex Stu got me credentialed. Hello, for WrestleMania 32. Okay. Undertaker, Shane McMahon, Hell in a Cell, when Shane went off the side of the Hell in a Cell into a table. He's just nuts. That was fantastic. Because Shane McMahon is the greatest pay-per-view performer that's not a wrestler ever. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's anyone that can compete with that. He's pulled some things off in pay-per-views that are... Legendary, and that's one of them. Talk about making pops proud. Good grief. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. If you have some time to to spend and you want to see some blood and broken glass, go find the King of the Ring match with him and Kurt Angle. It is one of the silliest (laughs) things Shane ever did. And I still can't believe he got dropped on his head that many times. All right. So AEW tonight at HEB Center. I'm really looking forward to that. And, uh, again, tickets are, are available. You can go to alleliterestling.com, go through that path, or just wherever you get tickets. But uh, that is going to be tonight. So we'll get you a report on that tomorrow. Also, shout-out to my man Devon A-Chain of Texas A&M. He says he's going to the draft, and what a way to go out. Uh, Zay, I would, I would argue I don't know what else he could do at this point. He doesn't really know where that team is going, to be honest. Like, he can't guarantee himself they'll be awesome next year. He just finished with 200-and-something yards against LSU, 30-something carries, plus he returns kicks. He had another kick return for a touchdown this year. He had the big one against Bama last year. I think A-Chain ends up being an interesting back in the NFL in the right circumstance. That guy can do a lot of things for you. Yeah, he can, especially how you look at running backs nowadays. Tandem style, multiple running backs, multiple weapons on the team. So I definitely think he could fit in somewhere. And he's smart. When you're a running back, strike while the iron's hot. Understand that if you go play another year, you could risk what we talk about with B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson playing in this Alamo Bowl. There's just way too much to risk and not enough reward with anything that could happen. So go get your money and, yeah, go coming out your junior year. Especially you don't want to come back to College Station? Come on. Oh, how dare you? That wasn't even a thought. How dare you? How dare you? It was probably either NFL or transfer portal. There is no need to be rude. There's no (laughs) need to be rude. But realize, and I'll say it for Longhorn fans, they're thinking it right now too, it's a very different decision. Bijan's trying to figure out, does he want to put just a little short-term tread on those tires? It's one game. For for A-Chain, he's got no bowl game. He would literally have to commit to an entire season you know, coming back. So I totally get it because he's more of a – to me, he's more of a Tony Pollard type 
moving forward in the NFL. You, you can't walk in planning to give him 25, 28 carries. No. I don't think that's how you look at him. But he's versatile like Pollard. He can give you – and I'm not saying top speed he gets that fast, but A-Chain can move. He can go. So Yeah, I, I think he could do what we see Brian Robinson doing with the Commanders or Travis Etienne, what he's doing with the Jaguars. Yeah. He got hurt. He could be just like those – those type of guys. Yeah, I'm rooting uh, rooting for him, man. And I will I will always remember the fact, the way he ended. He had every right to walk away. He had every right to shut it all down. And apparently he just busted his ass, worked through that injury, and said, I want to play senior night. I want to go out and get these seniors a win because we've sucked all year. He didn't say that. I'm saying it for him. They've been terrible all year, lost games they didn't need to be losing. And then they ended up beating LSU. Mm. Good for him. Thank God he played. Because I don't know what that game looks like if he doesn't. Yeah, Brian Kelly, you're still wondering what the hell happened that night. I mean, come on. 200-something yards on the ground. I know Daniels was injured and whatnot, but still. That was a while. It's, yeah, that's one of those games. It's like sometimes your team wins a game and you're glad and everything, but then you just sort of want to don't want to watch it too many times over because you're afraid it might change. Yeah. <laughs> like it might go the other way. All right, so there's some uh, crap bag for you. We do it every day about 12.45, whatever is rattling around in my head. Coming up at 1.30, we'll get you that Flex 30 segment, the all-Flex finalist event coming up tonight at Waterloo. Plus, teams are going for state titles, uh, obviously including Westlake going for four in a row. Why is Westlake playing in Houston against North Shore? We'll explain that one. Uh, there was a coin flip involved, and uh, the coach Salazar pointed it, uh, told us, uh, on, told the station what happened, told Craig Way uh, on Light the Tower what happened. We'll recount that for you coming up at 1.30. Up next, Justin Wells, Inside Texas on 3.com. We'll talk about Longhorn basketball last night, uh, and then talk some other football stuff as they get ready for the bowl game and a little Cowboys because Justin's a Cowboys fan like I am and like many of you are. Stay with us. This is The Horn.